this season. The stage is set for the fight of our lives. There will be winners. There will be losers. There will be champions. For real-time action, Vegas odds, your favorite games, and the fastest payouts guaranteed, get in the game with my bookie. Hello? You play to win the game. Put your hands up. You play to win the game. You play to win the game. I said hello. Hello? hello. You play to win. I said, put your hands up. Why not? Put your hands up. Let's go to work. Uh, so welcome to Pacific Takes, the official podcast of the Pac-12 on SB Nation. Uh, today we are joined by a very special guest, Rafael Esparza, head odds maker at mybookie.ag, America's most trusted sports book. You play, you win, you get paid. Rafael, welcome. Thanks for having me on again. We're glad to have you. We had a lot of success in, in, the, in the last episode. I think that we had some Fans tweeting at us and sliding into to our uh, DMs saying that uh, they appreciated the picks and appreciated the advice. And um, we, we're just here to, to make everybody happy and, and to win everybody money. Was it? Was it, I think it was because I bashed the SEC on you guys' show. I think that's why I got the love. We did like that, no question about it. <laughs> yeah, comparing the SEC to the Sun Belt always gets a favorable uh, reaction. I, I was doing it for you guys. I was doing it for ratings. Well, you, you know, we got big ratings from that, so we appreciate it. <laughs> so it's over really uh, in the Pac-12 as far as, uh, at least in the north. It's November. It's not even the last Saturday, October, and it's over. Oregon has won the north, barring an epic collapse, bigger than what happened at Stanford last year, bigger than what happened against Auburn earlier this year. It's a collapse that simply cannot be fathomed. Uh, they beat the hell out of Washington in the second half in a 35-31 win last week on Montlake in Seattle. And the Ducks have a four-game lead uh, over the Huskies and really everybody else who could challenge them in the north. So they'll be in Santa Clara on December 7th for the conference championship game. But they're not out of the college football race just yet uh, as far as the playoff is concerned. And, uh, you know, it's, it might be a narrow path, Raphael, but... Is it an impossible path, and do odds makers give Oregon any shot at, at causing noise in the playoff? They have a very, very slim shot, but let's face it, that game against Alabama and LSU game is probably going to be the biggest one uh, that's going to shake things around. Let's say if Wisconsin beats Ohio State this week, and then you would have to knock them out. Would they be, uh, would they be in it uh, if that's the case? Uh, you figure Auburn, who's ninth right now, two ahead of Oregon, they're going to lose to LSU probably this weekend, so they're going to be knocked out. Uh, I think Georgia... Uh, they could be still knocked out. Notre Dame, if let's say if Michigan beats Notre Dame, they'll be knocked out. That's two losses. Uh, Florida, I think they're going to have another loss. Uh, I would think it's going to be very interesting if all if, if Oregon's cards are played right. Will they leapfrog Florida if Florida still stays at uh, with one loss? I think they will. I think Oregon will have a little bit tougher schedule uh, than what they play with and have in that game against Auburn, even though they didn't win. Uh, I, I think that's going to approve factors to them. So they have a very, very slim shot on that, but it's not that a lot of pieces, of course, have to go their way, but it, it could still happen. And like I said, I have Oregon to, to make it to the final four. I thought they were. So I'm hoping and praying uh, some shops, which we're going to put this up probably in the next couple of days. You're going to get a sneak peek. The Oregon Ducks to uh, miss the final 14 uh, will be minus 650 and to make, the final four team playoffs, they'll be probably five to one. 
That's right. And these odds are brought to you by MyBookie.ag, America's most trusted sports book. Hey, you mentioned Wisconsin. <laughs> and I, I can't move forward unless I, I ask you, what was uh, the odds maker's reaction to Illinois beating the Badgers? I think it was as 31-point underdogs. Yeah, they were opened up around 31, 32, closed around 30 and a half. And we laughed. I mean, granted, because, hey, we didn't take that much action on it because it was a big spread. It was an early afternoon game, which drives me crazy with Big Ten. Some of their big matchups are noon games uh, for uh, Eastern Standard Time. So, of course, they didn't get that evening play that we would, we would like to get with head matchups. But uh, we laughed just because now I think Ohio State just waxes them. I mean, if you're going to want to be – the top dog or, or make it to the final four in the college football, you need style points and you need to beat the lower echelon teams. And I'm sorry, you should have beat Wisconsin or Illinois by double digits, by 30 and all that. And you didn't, and you lost. So now I'm, I think Ohio state puts a beating on them. Uh, Cause a lot of people think, Oh, there's still value with Wisconsin in this game. I don't think so. Ohio state's defense is too tough. Uh, and their offense will put, maybe put some points. Uh, I think Ohio State easily covers that 14, 14 and a half. Moving on now to the Pac-12, looking ahead to week nine. Uh, USC taking on Colorado. This one's in Boulder. Trojans are 13 and a half point favorites. USC has never lost to Colorado. They're 13 and 0 since their first meeting way back in 1927. So the Trojans took care of business last week at home with a 41-14 point victory over Arizona. Uh, the, you know, and the win not only ended a two-game slide, but it also means that the Trojans will now continue to control their fate in the Pac-12 South. Uh, SC is currently 0-4 in their last three road games uh, with losses to BYU, Washington, and Notre Dame. Uh, but I mean, for the Buffs, they got beaten Pullman uh, a week ago, and, and it was a nice start for them in September, but October has been a nightmare. So, Rafael, do you see any reason why the Trojans uh, wouldn't take care of business here uh, at Colorado? I think they win this game. I don't think they cover this game. But let's face it, USC's injury report is as big as uh, the Cheesecake Factory's menu. I mean, that's how big the USC is, is missing guys left and right. I think that's why the reason why this game is circled in a lot of books. And I think that's why I would not be shocked if Colorado keeps this game close. I think USC wins this game. I think it's going to be a tight one. I mean, uh, last year, USC only beat, uh, won by, I think, was 11, 31 to 20 times. We don't really see that big blowout games. I remember three years ago, USC only beat them by four. Uh, I can see probably USC winning by a touchdown because, let's face it, they're playing with a lot, a lot of talent that's going to be dressed up with sweatshirts on watching this game. Uh, USC wins, but give me the buffs with the plus the points. Yeah, and you mentioned it. USC does, is really banged up, um, but you also see what just the depth of talent that they have on that team from that recruiting base that they, that they will always have. And, and a four-string running back last week just going bonkers. Uh, and that's really one of the few schools where something like that can happen, where you've got a guy that deep on the, on the depth chart who still has that kind of unbelievable talent. Uh, so Trojans, uh, you know, in control of their destiny. Uh, they've got that head-to-head, head-to-head win over Utah, so they've got the tiebreaker but uh, Utah probably has a more favorable schedule, and they um, get uh, the Cal Bears visiting Salt Lake City this week. This is kind of a big spread. It's 21.5 for Utah at home. Cal quarterback Chase Garbers, 
you know, his injury packed a, a big wallop for them. And uh, you know, because the Bears really don't have any playmakers on offense. And then the defense, although, you know, they're very good and, and, and they've got one of the best linebackers in America, um, it, it does seem like they're not quite as good as they were in 2018. On the flip side, Utah tied with USC, as I mentioned, atop the division, dominating wins over Arizona and Arizona State, respectively. Uh, we'd argue Utah has has uh, the most favorable schedule remaining. They run the table, and they'd be in solid shape. Uh, so hosting the Bears, do they start to take care of business at home uh, against a one-dimensional uh, Cal team? I think they do. I think they covered this big number, which we're probably hoping they don't because I can guarantee you we're going to need Cal big in this game because it's going to be at 10 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. This is going to be a chaser game. The public's going to be betting uh, Utah just because of probably going to have some weather in this game. And let's face it, the Utah Utes defense has just been dominating, only giving up 10 points in two games. Washington State scored 13 uh, three, uh, towards the end of the September. And this total is 37 and a half. I thought this total was going to be 17 because I don't think we're going to see that many points scored in this game. Uh, I like Utah in this one. I, and I think you, you said it correctly. They're going to uh, control their own destiny. And I think that destiny will start on this game. California's offense is horrendous. If you can only score 17 points at home against the Beavers, you got problems. Yeah, not lost in this is, uh, you know, pay attention to um, the Tyler Huntley leg injury, which we we haven't seen yet. They, they've yet to disclose the specifics of that, but that could be a um, a big uh, a big factor in this ball game. Yeah, I, be, be very cautious on that one. But again, the Utah defense, I would not be shocked that the Utah defense puts up twenty one points. UCLA is the home dogs. Arizona State just didn't show up last week against Utah. And, and this week it is kind of, you know, don't sleep on it. It's kind of a tricky assignment uh, against uh, a UCLA team who's coming off a win uh, last Thursday. And they've had a little extra time to prepare. Uh, they beat Stanford last week. Uh, also, Arizona State coming off that game where they got smacked against Utah, who beats the hell out of you. Raphael, you mentioned it. The Utah defense will exact a physical toll on you. And, you know, with that extra time, do you think Chip Kelly has been able to game plan something uh, against uh, his nemesis, Herm Edwards, here to to pull off potentially an upset in the Rose Bowl? Yeah, this this one looks just weird. I mean, when the numbers came out and I had my own numbers – uh, next to him, I'm like, wow, this is just just weird. I mean, I want to say bet the farm on ASU because it's UCLA, but the betters were all over Stanford last week. We had to get off the three and put it to four just because so much money was coming in on Stanford. And look what happened. UCLA wins 34-16 and outrushes them with ease. I want to say UCLA is going to be very tempted to take. I think we're going to see a lot of UCLA late money come in. Would not be shocked if people are going to take the money line on this one because I'm not sold on Arizona State, especially on the road. I have a feeling we're going to need Arizona State uh, to probably either win or cover this game just because I think the UCLA money is going to come in because they're going to see why they won at Stanford and when they were able to run the ball last week. Very iffy game, very close game. I have a feeling we're going to be needing the home dog and we're going to be needing the road favorite on this one. Gotcha. And now, hey, the marquee team in the conference, Oregon Ducks, they're back home in Autzen Stadium in Eugene, hosting Washington State, who has had their number. I, I think the Cougs have won at least three games in a row against the, the Ducks. Um, so they've been their bugaboo lately. Uh, 
Oregon obviously has bigger aspirations, and of course, this is Pac-12 after dark. Wazoo, of course, they come off a win against Colorado last week at home, so they still have play uh, uh, bowl game hopes of their own, maybe a Cheez-It Bowl in their future, uh, which, you know, it wasn't so long ago that Wazoo was happy to win one or two conference games, so a bowl season is a good thing for the Cougs. They are 14-point dogs on the road in Eugene. Oregon, hot as any team in the country. Uh, do they cover this one? The, the, the more fun bet in this one is probably going to be the over, which is 65. Yeah, and, and I think the Oregon defense is going to want to show up just because they gave up 31 points last week, which was very weird to see that because if you watch Oregon football all season long, ever since they played Nevada, they haven't given up double digits uh, at all against opponents. I mean, their last home game, they beat Colorado 45-3, to and I think that game should have been easily in the 50s, but Oregon just didn't really play that much in the fourth quarter. Uh, number's going to be 14, and then I think it's going to stay at 14. I think we're going to get really really good two-way action, but I think the public's going to bet the over. You said it, uh, Washington State's last two road games, they've given up 74 points in those two games, and Oregon's offenses look good. Look good against Colorado. Came back and won that road game last week, putting up 35 points. I have a feeling we're going to need the under, and I have a feeling we're going to need uh, Wazoo and this Washington State, but I think Oregon blows them out. I, I think that big win uh, last weekend is going to be huge for them towards the rest of the end of the season. They know that they still have a shot, and they know that their defense can put up some outrageous uh, numbers against the opponents. So I like Oregon this one, but I have a feeling we're going to need Washington State in the under. Yeah, Washington State couldn't stop UCLA from scoring 60-plus on their home field. So uh, Oregon may have their way, and we could see Justin Herbert uh, potentially a, a top draft pick, just absolutely carve up the Cougs. But, like I said, Wazoo's had some magic against the Ducks lately, so we'll see what happens. Hey, speaking of Justin Herbert, he's still a long shot to win the Heisman. You've got Tua Tago Vailoa as the heavy favorite, although Tua, you know, he's a little banged up. Uh, Jalen Hurts is there uh, as the number two guy, but Joe Burrow could still uh, do big things. Uh, who's your Heisman pick if you had to pick one here in the uh, – Middle of October. Well, we refreshed it once to a guy on there. And right now, Joe Burrow, who is plus 115 now as the favorite. And as of right now, he's my number one quarterback to be drafted out of the draft, what he's put, the number he's put up. But don't sleep on Hurts at Oklahoma at plus 150, Tua's three, uh, plus 325. Don't sleep on those uh, guys. Justin Fields, Ohio State, 9-1 really good value but uh, I think it's again it's all going to come out between Alabama and LSU if Alabama wins I think Burrow's chances the Heisman uh, goes bye bye I'm not saying he might not still be the number one quarterback but then you'll hear other ones come out uh, and, and maybe take some of that thunder Justin Herbert I mean granted he's 60 to 1 to win Heisman but he's a, he was always projected to be one of the top quarterbacks to go out I can't believe this college football season's all pretty much going to go around what Alabama and LSU do in a couple of weeks yeah, deja vu uh, all over again, and uh, and of course Clemson will be there right at the end too. So a lot of uh, a lot of the same, but you know what? We're going to keep tuning in because this is this is the sport we love, Raphael. So thanks so much but for joining don't sleep, us. Don't sleep on Clemson going in. I think if Oklahoma continues to win and win with style points, 
Uh, they leapfrog. I think the only team that will get leapfrog is Clemson, and they're going to have to blame themselves in that conference because I think uh, the conference and their schedule is going to be their downfall. Would not be shocked if uh, Oklahoma, if all things plays out well, I think Oklahoma leapfrogs them. Yeah, I'm looking at this list now. It, Trevor Lawrence, you've got all the way down. He's a 10 to 1 Heisman guy. He started as really a, a it was a, a, a pick 'em between him and Tua to start the year. Yeah, I mean, his his stock has probably taken the worst, I think, uh, out of everyone. John, Jonathan Taylor's stock took a big hit after losing to Illinois, and he still rushed for over 100 yards. He, he didn't play defense, so I, I I kind of felt bad for him getting the short end of the stick on the Heisman. Washington Huskies have a bye week, but the Washington Nationals are playing in the World Series. Raphael you can get you can bet on really damn near everything at mybookie.ag. Of course, you can bet baseball. Foot, uh, football is obviously underway. Basketball and hockey are there too. Uh, speaking of the World Series, uh, Houston was the favorites, but this Washington team kind of has the feeling like this is a team of destiny. Uh, do you, have you seen a lot of, from a, from an oddsmaker's perspective? Is is a lot of action coming in on, on this Nationals team, especially after winning Game One? Uh, today, yes. Uh, when a, when the series price opened up at like minus two twenty five, they were still betting Houston because let's face it, they had Garrett Cole going number one, they had Verlander two, they had Granky pitching number, at, at three. So I can see why uh, a lot of money came in Houston, which which is good. We need Washington uh, to win in this series, but we're going to win no matter what because a lot of money came in on the Cleveland Indians to win it, uh, the Yankees, but. Uh, as of for this series price, we're rooting for Washington. And if they win today, I would not be shocked if they sweep uh, the Astros and they'll have back-to-back sweeps. Because, wow, going back home up to nothing, when you have uh, Sanchez, you're probably going to have uh, uh, Mad Max maybe on Saturday. It's going to be hard to, to beat them. If, if, if they go back home 2-0, bring out the broom maybe. This series is over on Saturday. Rafael Esparza, he's got natitude. He is also the head odds maker at mybookie.ag slash sportsbook. Head over there to America's most trusted sportsbook. You play, you win, you get paid. Rafael, thank you as always. Take it easy. Have a fantastic week and enjoy those games. Let's go Ducks. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Rafael. And now for something completely different. Uh, welcome back to Pacific Takes, the official podcast of the Pac-12 on SB Nation. Right now, I am joined by some very special guests. We are filling in for Jack Fullman, who is on vacation in Florida. I don't know why he's in Florida. I don't think he knows why he's in Florida. He's not covering the Canes, he's not covering the Knolls, and he's not covering the Gators. There's no Pac-12 game in Florida. He is not in Key West. He is not at Margaritaville. <laughs> I, I don't know where the hell he is, but it, it's a wild move to go on a vacation in Florida. You could Have you fellas been, been on vacation in Florida if you weren't in the Keys? I mean, the only place I'm going is Dunk City, Florida Gulf Coast. That is uh, that time of the year. Basketball season right around the corner. Go check out uh, Gulf Coast, baby. Yeah, maybe he's doing um, a college football 150 with uh, Bobby Bowden out there. And Dr. Jerry Punch. <laughs> yeah, Dr. Jerry Punch. Down in Daytona. <laughs> you heard those voices. 
Well, hey, fellas, if this was spring break, you know I'd be down there in Panama City. It's not. Uh, this is the middle of football season, and Pac-12 is fully underway, and that's why I called in to the bullpen. Jack's out of town. No big deal. This podcast is going to be even better. I went to my righty from Portland, Oregon, home of the Ducks, home of the Beebs. He's right in the middle of it all. You heard him a couple weeks ago when he joined Jack as a guest host. He is my blood, my brother, Adam Wardell. Welcome to the Pac-12 Podcast. Thank you. I'm back. Also in town of of Vite Country. Just went on the road to uh, Greeley, Colorado and beat Northern Colorado Bears, um, Portland State Vikings at the Big Sky, but also Duck and Beaver Territory live here from Portland. And then you may have heard him. He called out Bobby Bowden, which we love to hear on the on on the Pacific Takes podcast, the official podcast of the Pac-12. He is Eric Dore calling in from Silverdale, Washington, out there on the peninsula. In Washington State, you got to take the ferry from Seattle and get out to uh, and what is it, actually a rainforest. People don't realize this is a an actual rainforest. You don't have to go to the Amazon. You don't have to go to Brazil. You can just take a, a short ferry ride from a downtown metropolitan city in, in beautiful Seattle, and, and you're in a damn rainforest. Igor, are you staying dry? Dub, thanks for having me on. We're sa- we're staying dry. Shout out to Central Kids of High School and my Max Preps profile that said I averaged two point three points a game as a senior. <laughs> uh, did you receive any recruiting letters from any Pac twelve schools? No, but it says I was the five thousand seven hundredth nationally ranked player. So I felt like I should have got something that maybe my maybe my name got missed or something. I don't know. Uh, anytime you can crack the top six thousand, that's that's a good feeling. I I may or may not have been in the top six thousand uh, as far as uh, linebackers go uh, when I was coming out of Cedar Valley High School, but you know a lot of substance abuse problems, and uh, you know I had a neck issue um, from uh, you know multiple concussions. But that's neither here nor there. Hey guys, the reason I've got these guys on the pod, Edor calling in from Washington. My brother Adam calling it from Portland. These guys are Northwest aficionados, and we just witnessed one of the bigger Pac-12 matchups. Really, a, a game that set the tone for the rest of the season. Oregon rallied to beat number twenty-five Washington, thirty-five thirty-one at Husky Stadium last Saturday. The Ducks, now six and one, have a commanding lead in the Pac-12 North. They're going to win it. They're going to be in Santa Clara for the Pac-12 championship. There's really really anything short of an all-time collapse uh, puts the Ducks in that championship game. Uh, The Huskies, officially out of the division race, they can look forward to the Apple Cup, I guess. Hey, Oregon's won 14 of the last 16 of these meetings. Now, Dog fans will be the first to remind you Oregon still doesn't have a national championship, and Washington historically has won 60 games versus Oregon's 47. Uh, But, Igor, I want to go to you first, my man. Washington started this game by cheating. There was an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty within the first – on their first kick return, their first possession. 
Uh, Chica McClatcher lays down in the end zone. You can't do that. It was kind of a needle deception, but it's not allowed. And, and the game was wiped out by the referees after McClatcher had a, uh, a 15 yard unsportsmanlike conduct penalty uh, because uh, you can't do that. You can't lay down in the end zone. Uh, although, you know, what, two comments here. One, the announcer I thought was dumb because he said that McClatcher was laying down the end zone so that he would stay behind the ball. That makes no fucking sense. And then, two, uh, why does the NCAA and why do referees have to harsh uh, their buzz? That's a cool move, and it should be allowed. You know, I didn't get a straight answer on this from everything I've read. Um, you know, I saw the play. I was in the stands, and all of a sudden they're throwing the ball back across the field. That was uh, pretty wild. Um, apparently you are allowed to lay down – once the ball is kicked, which is, I believe, what happened. Um, the refs might have just missed that. Um, the unfortunate thing is if it really is um, uh, a personal foul penalty and they got that right, that they practiced that play for a week and they hire refs to come and officiate practice all week long. And the fact that they couldn't get that right to start the game is um, pretty embarrassing. Yeah, Chris Peterson is a guy who's got tricks up his sleeve. You mentioned you were at the ball game. It was a soggy afternoon in Seattle. What was the vibe of? I, I assume you were a pretty cool husky tailgate. What was the vibe going into this game on Monday? You know, I got there at about nine o'clock in the morning. It was a little sleepy, but things picked up. Um, I put down about a half bottle of Pink Whitney. Shout out to Barstool Sports and New Amsterdam Vodka. Um, I was feeling pretty good. Spirits were high. Um, but, you know, I have to say I was a little disappointed with the crowd. I, th I thought it would be um, a lot better, to be honest. Um, it's, they said it was a sellout. I thought there were too many empty seats, especially underneath where the coaches' offices are. Hey, can I say one thing about Husky fans? I saw a lot of knit caps. Like, I, I'm not a, an apparel specialist, but if it's raining, why are you wearing a, a, a cotton cap, a knit cap? That would seem to be counterproductive. That's going to keep the water on your head. Then. Well, you know, the game was actually pretty nice. The Once, once kickoff uh, went off, um, it was, you know, overcast, but fairly dry. You know, I was actually hoping for some rain, um, but... We didn't get that. You know, I didn't cover the 1994 Oregon-Washington game when Oregon defensive back Kenny Wheaton came away with that play that's now known as the pick. And, and we're, we're celebrating the anniversary of that play. Um, nor was I covering the game when Oregon beat the Dogs at Husky Stadium in 1995 because – in the fall of 95, I was, I was much more concentrated on, on other things. There was a certain baseball team in Seattle that was having a magical run. Now they have the longest playoff drought in professional sports, and now they are the only baseball team to have never played in a World Series. But that's neither here nor there. Beating the Huskies, particularly in Seattle, is a big deal for Oregon fans. Wardy, what's... What did you were you around Oregon fans? What was the reaction of being in uh, the Beaver State, or or should we call it the Duck State in this in this instance? Oh yeah, I, I know. Uh, I mean, I watched it uh, in the house. Uh, I was um, on the TV. I wasn't paying attention to the outside noise, but 
I mean, it, to me, it came down to who was going to have the ball last. Um, Justin Herbert was 284 touchdowns. Eason, 289, three touchdowns. Um, just got the sense of feeling whoever's going to touch the ball last um, it was going to win the game. Oregon senior leadership offensive line dominated. Uh, the Husky front seven couldn't withhold it. Uh, just kind of made me start thinking where's uh, Savelle Smalls and that Husky recruiting class, what I mentioned in the last pod. Um, they need some reinforcements. Uh, they lost a lot of linebackers, uh, Greg Gaines, uh, in secondary to the draft. And they're looking to reload. And it, it was it was who's going to have the ball last and the Ducks won. And, and unfortunately, um, the Ducks are sitting in, in the driver's seat for the playoff. And like I said two weeks ago, if we haven't checked, the Auburn Tigers are, are damn good. And we need to take notice of that. And the Ducks are carrying the flagship of the Pac-12. And, and we'll see what happens here uh, in the uh, month of November. Ducks are carrying the flag for the Pac-12. I think it's still a very slim chance that they get themselves in the playoff. Uh, Ohio State is a wagon. So is Oklahoma. Clemson is there undefeated. And, uh, you know, Alabama will certainly be there at the end. But you mentioned it. It was a battle of two top-flight QBs that did not disappoint. And in the end, Jacob Eason just didn't quite make the passes that he needed keep the Huskies alive, particularly on that last drive. Uh, Saturday's result may very well boost Zoloff sales in Seattle. That's an antidepressant for you Husky fans. Uh, certainly uh, hate losing to the Ducks. And as I mentioned, it, it happens far too often, 14 of the last 16 meetings. But Edor coming to us from the peninsula, in the rainy peninsula in, in northwest Washington State, what uh, – what was your takeaway from uh, that final drive? And, and did you agree with the play calling, which ended up seeing the Huskies go for it on fourth down uh, in an incomplete pass, which which really, I think, to a man and, and to an unbiased observer, probably should have been a, a pass interference call? Yeah, you, you know, I haven't really agreed with any of their play calls all, all year, to be honest with you, as I think much of Husky Nation is, is very frustrated with how the offense is operated, but for the most part, they played pretty well. Um, I didn't agree with the Wildcat calls, that's for sure, uh, going to Kamari Pleasant. Um, but as far as the last drive, you know, they got backed up with the sack, and then um, they took a false start, and that really put him behind the eight ball. And they, he ended up hitting uh, Marquis Spiker, which would have been a first down even given the sack, but unfortunately they false started. I thought it was a fine play call. Uh, Puka Nakua came off. That slant, he had him wide open, and like you said, um, it probably could have been called pass interference, but alas, it wasn't. So the Ducks didn't really take control of this rivalry in, until about 2004, and since then, they're 14-2 and two against the Huskies. Um, you know, if you're talking historically here, what 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 does this game kind of – mean to you do, you do you see you feel a shift in power in, in the north and in his Oregon kind of stomped on on the huskies neck it, it would just when it felt like they were kind of coming back in, into uh into kind of being the, the team that was would have a stranglehold on, on the north 
Well, as, you, as you've uh, kindly reminded me throughout this podcast, uh, the Ducks have had the upper hand for much of the last 16 years. Um, we got the better of them there for a couple of years. Um, you know, this game was two pretty evenly matched teams, I think, from from my point of view. Uh, from what we saw Saturday, you know, they got a better team this year, that's for sure. They're, they're the ones that are 6-1. and one. Uh, We're the ones with three losses. Um, going forward, though, I think the rivalry is – alive and well it's it's not the beatdowns like they were in the in the late 2000s um i think this is going to be a battle uh for years to come especially with the way both teams are recruiting uh Edor, you said that you were in the stadium and you uh <laughs> you uh you were uh, uh upset or or you were confused or you were amused is is probably the right word to use about uh, Oregon fans that were wearing the web foot gear from, from the year that the Huskies beat them, uh, I think they put a 70 spot on them. Now, I have a theory about those uniforms because they were damn close to navy blue and yellow, navy blue and gold, which looks a hell of a lot like Cal. So if you wear those uniforms on a game that you are not supposed to win and you end up getting stomped, well, for posterity, uh, for those highlights – in uh, use down the road, it just looks like the Huskies are beating the hell out of Cal, and and you know who gives a shit? Like that wasn't your year. So, uh, do you, do you give any credence to that um, theory? You know, I think there there could be some credence to that, except for the fact that Oregon, I think, has worn every color out on the field, including purple, probably. So, um, you know, it's it's one of those things you see those those web foots and it takes me back to the day where I was sitting in uh, the West end zone at Eugene there, just enjoying a nice little 70 burger on a Saturday afternoon. <laughs> what do you think of the, of the current Husky uniforms? I, I always find myself wishing that those magenta stripes that they've got on their, on their shoulders, just make those white and you'd have yourself a really nice uniform. Yeah. You know, they're, they're a much of, Proved from the uh, the black shoulder the black shoulders that they've had got back to a more traditional look, but I agree there's room for improvement, especially the road uniforms. They don't have the gold around the purple number, um, so the numbers look really small. And when they bunch up on the linemen um, with the pads there, they don't, they don't look so hot. <laughs> hey, let's be honest, man. Let's be honest. Uh, I mean, Mario Cristobal. I mean, he came in there act like he won a national championship winning at Husky Stadium. I mean, Travis Dye's interview, or excuse me, uh, uh, yeah, Travis or Travis Dye's brother, the safety, they they act like they won a national championship at Husky Stadium. I mean, it was a big win, but they they knew that the Huskies were the roadblock on the schedule, and they got over that hump. But um, I'm seeing a letdown uh, this week with Washington State. Well, we'd love to see it. Washington State has certainly had. Uh, Oregon's number. They've won three straight against the Ducks. Some very good teams. Um, you know, obviously a, a bigger hurdle this season, and this game is in Eugene. Washington State can't stop anybody. They they let uh, UCLA score down near seventy. So uh, Justin Herbert in a um, uh, Oregon offense firing on all cylinders will certainly be able to find the end zone. The over-under is only uh, 65 in that game. You can find me definitely taking the over. Um, I think both might score north of 60. 
Absolutely. We're going way over. Air uh, Warden. Hey, Warden, you, you mentioned um, uh, Troy Dye, uh, the linebacker from Oregon, who broke his thumb on, literally on the first tackle of the game. And he talked about how Oregon was tougher and better conditioned than the Huskies. Uh, I mean, he, he was he was clearly and, – and that was even a subdued way. Like he knew he was on camera, but I think if you had let him – let him go. He would. He would have talked a lot of shit about the dogs. Oh yeah, he had a little. Uh, he had a little adrenaline going, but rightfully so. I mean, they came in and won. Uh, he can say what he wants to say. I mean, the Ducks won, and uh, and they're moving on. Uh, do you guys uh, any, any lasting impressions from uh, from this uh, big tilt in uh, in Montlake? Disappointing to say the least. I mean, you've lost as double-digit favorites twice, and you've lost with a double-digit lead in the final minutes of the third quarter at home um, to your arch rival. So, you know, something's got to change. Uh, there's there needs to be some sort of accountability taken. I'm sick of hearing, you know, the kids play hard. It's so hard. You know, let's let's see some accountability. I'm 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 honestly, you know, I'm pretty sick of the way that. Uh, things have transpired this season, especially given uh, the expectations. Do you, I mean, I, I made fun of fans earlier a couple weeks ago, uh, Husky fans saying that they wanted to see Chris Peterson uh, a change in coaching uh, because all he's done is elevate this program to heights literally unseen since the Don James era in the early 90s. I mean, are are you insinuating that you'd like to see a change at the top of the of this program? No, I'm I'm not saying that he should be fired by any means. I think anybody that's saying that has had a few too many sodas. Um, but I would like to see you know some accountability for some of the play calls and you know give some, give the fans um, some reasons why you know things aren't working. It's it's the same canned responses that. I think is drawing a lot of the frustration. I want to get your biased reaction as the fans from the Northwest. SC goes to Boulder. Uh, they're uh, two score favorites. Southern Cal has never lost to the Buffaloes. Uh, and that, they've been playing that game since 1927. Uh, does SC get it done? They've lost their last three on the road. I mean, yes, he gets it done. Um, I mean, Steven Montez, they need a big game from him, uh, from the Buffs. But uh, I think SC's riding high. Uh, they're going to go into, into Boulder and take care of business. Uh, like you said, they are 0-3 on the road, 4-0 at home. But uh, USC's uh, riding the wave, and they're going to go into Boulder and get a W. That's Pac-12 after dark on Friday. You can bet we'll be tuning in for that. Hey, uh, Arizona, a struggling Arizona team with quarterback controversy plays at an equally struggling Stanford team. This is a pick em. This is on the farm. Uh, who cares or who gives a shit? Yeah, I, I think it's uh, both of those. I mean, I'll preface this by saying I, I, uh, I look at these teams by how I bet them in recent weeks, and I've probably bet on Arizona – once or twice this year, they looked horrible against Washington, and um, they looked and they actually came out and beat UCLA with the backup. Uh, the Stanford quarterback can't even throw, so I don't know how you could take Stanford in this one if he's if he's the one starting. 
Take the Cats uh, in that one. Hey, Arizona State goes to the Rose Bowl in UCLA. Uh, Arizona State coming off a, a really disappointing showing against Utah. They got the shit beat out of them. Um, really looked terrible. And UCLA's had a long rest to get ready for Herm Edwards to come to town. Uh, uh, Arizona State favored by four. How do you bet this one? Yeah, I mean, I like the Sun Devils. Uh, I mean, UCLA's uh, big win against Washington State. Washington State turned the ball over. Uh, VSU takes care of the ball, um, ball control. Um, I, I see them going to the Rose Bowl and, and covering, and uh, I like the Devils. Cal Bears, one-dimensional Cal Bears, go to Salt Lake City to take on number four, Utah. Utah, uh, they don't control their own destiny in the South. However, they have a much easier path than USC. So take care of their business. There's a good chance that they could end up in the Pac-12 championship representing the South. Cal has been anemic offensively. And the defense, although very good, isn't quite what they were a year ago, despite having one of the best players in the country. Um Tyler Huntley does have a leg injury. They haven't disclosed what that's going to be, but they are 21-point favorites at home. I don't know. That's that's a lot of points. Uh, is it worth uh, putting a little bit on Cal? <laughs> yeah, I'll go ahead and take the points, especially if Huntley's out. You better wait to see, though, make sure he is out because Cal cannot score. They stink on offense. Devin Monster was – uh, putrid in that game against Arizona State, and I haven't seen him since, but judging by the scores, it's not gone much better, and I think even he might be out, so I don't even want to know what that Thurston quarterback looks like. Go ahead and take that under. Cash it cash it today. Go ahead and cash that today, and tell your bookie to pay ahead of time. That's a guaranteed under. <laughs> we love <laughs> We love the enthusiasm. We love the confidence. Uh, on the betting. Hey, one more pick. Uh, Washington State, as we mentioned, goes to Eugene. 65 is the over. Uh, everybody's taking the over in this one, right? Life's too short to bet the under. Oh, yeah. Hey, this is my – I said it earlier. I got Washington State going to Eugene. 45-41. Anthony Gordon throws a late sideline bomb to Max Borgie. Coos going to Eugene. Knock the Ducks out of any hopes, any playoff hopes, and the Cougs get it done on the road over 45-41. We'd love to see it. Hey, fellas, you know we usually uh, talk about um, what the uh, outro song is going to be. Whatever, man. Whatever <laughs> song you want to play. Uh, with The Herm Edwards song, man. I like that one. <laughs> You got it. You play to win the game. That's uh, brought to you by DJ Steve Porter. Hit the music. Hello. Hello. You play to win the game. Put your hands up. You play to win the game. You play to win the game. I said hello. 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 You play to win. I said, put your hands up. Why not? Put your hands up. Let's go to work. You got to play like the hair's on fire. When you start going with me, it doesn't matter. Get it out. Get your knees bent and accelerate. It's a physical game. Don't shoot your guns that way. Hello, hello, hello. You play to win. You play to win the game. Play, 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 play. You want to show 
And everything you do, there are cameras watching you. Everything you do becomes news. What you gonna do? Think about what you tweet. So go put your own TV. Don't press in. Put your hands up. Why not? Put your hands up. Why not? Put your hands up. Put your hands up. Why not? I'm an old-fashioned kind of guy. The field don't lie. It's always right. My socks don't lie. Suddenly night. That's the advice. Get a Hello. Hello. Don't be late. Practice. Hello. We gotta go to the practice. You play to win the game. Put your hands up. You play to win the game.